Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my beautiful guest for today is Miranda Lynn Fires. Miranda is a psychedelic support guide, integration coach, Reiki practitioner, and inspirationalist. She supports humans who are ready to align in body, mind, heart, and soul as they utilize psychedelics for healing, spiritual expansion, and or personal optimization. After overcoming her own mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical disease, it is now her passion and purpose to share her wisdom with others while breaking the stigma around stepping outside of the box for support. Beautiful. Welcome, Miranda. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's a blessing to have you with us. And this topic that we're going to be diving into around psychedelics is, is absolutely a topic that is very close to my heart. So I'm excited to be learning from you today. Beautiful. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always love to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you? Such a beautiful question. As I thought on this last night, I really connected with Mother Earth and recognized that she is at the core of all sacred feminine power. And from that, the things that grow, there's beautiful feminine energies in different plants and different sacred power plants like psychedelics and mycelium teachers and these beautiful gifts that we can learn to tap into our own sacred feminine power um, for both men and women. So it's a connection to really the life bringers beginning with our planet. Mm, I love that connection to the life bringers and beginning with our planet. I, I would love to delve into this a little bit deeper in just a moment. But before we get there, uh, Miranda, would you please share a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate the sacred feminine power within you? Sure. In 2016, I hit my rock bottom with um, all types of dis-ease and the Western medicine structure that I was utilizing did not work for me as, as it may for some people. And it left me at a point where um, I, I was really at a crossroads of life uh, between being here and not being here. And through divine intervention, I was shown that there was another way to overcome the dis-ease that I was feeling, more natural ways to overcome um, the dis-ease and, and I did. <laughs> I, I quit all of the, at that point, I quit all of the pharmaceuticals that I was on, which ensured things got far worse for me before, um, before they got better. And I began a path of natural healing. And along that path is where I connected with the sacred feminine energies of of all things but um you know mostly within myself which was a huge part of my healing process and in turn a um a huge part as to uh 
how I found my way here. And we're having this beautiful conversations about, um, you know, the different tools that I utilize to help overcome some of those things. Hmm. Well, thank you for, for sharing uh, about your life and the fact that you found yourself in 2016 at this crossroads of, of life. That, that is something that I have a feeling quite a few of our listeners will be able to, to relate to as well. Would you please share a little bit more about when, when you found the natural and the plant medicine, what, what shifted for you, what changed? How, how did that help you to come over to the other side? Oh, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I was able to find clarity because a lot of the pharmaceuticals that I was prescribed were not meant for healing. They were more meant for masking, um, masking symptoms. So when I stopped utilizing those and was able to overcome some of the um, the impact of, of, of stopping those. So suddenly um, I was able to begin connecting with myself for the first time and who I was. And, um, you know, that was such an important part to, to moving forward. And, you know, when, when we, when we, when we aren't connected and intimate with ourselves, um, it's very difficult to move forward in any way, shape, or form. So once I, you know, I, I was connected with myself and began learning how to um, just simply breathe um, correctly or in a more functional way was huge. Learning how to um, utilize mindfulness in daily life and become present in the moment you know, the present is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And to be mindful in that space um, was huge. And, you know, learning how to nourish my body with, with food and the people around me and my environment, you know, the things that we put in and on our body um, play a big part in how we feel mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, all the way around. Um utilizing more natural things created more space for me to then open my mind to see what else was out there. And that's what ultimately led me to psychedelics, working with, um, working with both power plants and mycelium teachers to help then support me in creating more functional habits, patterns, and rituals and support me in eradicating the things that were holding me back in my life. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And when you say power plant and mycelium teachers, what, what exactly are you referring to? Psychedelics. So power plants would, you know, would be more plant-based psychedelics, such as the, you know, like Yahe and, and the um, Machuma and San Pedro, where mycelium teachers would just be a, a a, a fancy way to say magic mushrooms <laughs> but these beautiful sacred gifts that we have that hold you know a, a, a spiritual wisdom that that 
support us and then tapping into our own spiritual wisdom or perhaps it's a spiritual wisdom above and beyond ourselves right um so yeah that power plants power plants and mycelium teachers is just another way of of saying psychedelics without utilizing some of those words that can get us removed from social media platforms (laughs) (laughs) fair enough i get you (laughs) well let's hope that this interview will not be removed from any platforms and i I would love to delve into this even deeper because um, it is a topic that really fascinates me on so many levels and and when you say magic mushrooms for the sake of our listeners who might not be familiar with this topic that's psilocybin or is it something else Yeah, psilocybin, yes. Okay, psilocybin, that's how you pronounce it. Okay, all right. And and how how do these plant teachers and these mycelian teachers, how how do they impact the body and the neural pathways of the brain? What's the science behind that? Would you be able to speak to that? Sure, uh, sure. I'll show just a couple of the ways that it impacts our our mind. Um, For one, we have a part of our brain called the default mode network. And this part of our brain is, it's it's a pretty active part of our brain. It's very important. It does have some very important tasks. It's also the part of our brain that tends to live in daydreaming, live in the future, live in the past, worrying about things, thinking about the what ifs, right? So like I said, overactive. Studies are showing that an overactive default mode network is has a correlation with, with depression, So one of the ways that certain psychedelics impact the brain, um, psychedelics such as psilocybin and LSD, they quiet this default mode network. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, um, these substances have a very similar molecular structure to serotonin and they work along the same pathways, impacting some of the same, um, some of the same receptors, right? And then in addition to that, they fire up parts of our brain that uh, in, with, in communication that normally doesn't communicate with each other. So now we have a part of our brain that doesn't normally shut up, so to speak, is quiet. And, and other parts of our brain that normally aren't communicating are, are now talking to each other and building new neural pathways be- between one another, which is why we're able to see situations through a different perspective we have different thoughts that come up during that process because parts of our brain are now communicating on a conscious level that normally are not and parts of our brain that are are very loud and keep us sometimes from hearing what's really going on inside and you know and tapping into what's going on in our bodies is is quieted so those are um those are a couple ways um to go a little bit deeper we do know that when when the receptors are stimulated um, there's an increase in glutamate, which is made, and that's kind of like a, a miracle grow for our brains. And then also um, a BDNF factor is also increased. And this is also another really important, um, I don't really know the medical term for it, but chemical within our brain. And they, they science is showing that an increase in both, both of those is leading to a decrease in depression, so it, it's if you think about it, um, you know, the research is still very new because, of course, there was a was a, you know, it was we were blocked from research for many years, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's a lot of unknowns, but what like James Fadiman says is it's very similar to like vitamin D. We know vitamin D impacts like all of our body systems and we, it is something that our bodies need. Right. And it's very good for our bodies, but they can't explain exactly how and why it, it it's doing it. And so it's the same thing when there's an increase in this glutamate and BDNF, um, there is a decrease in depression. So they know that it works. They just don't have the specifics as of like, okay, yes, this is why it works, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's beautiful and, and so, so powerful as well. I mean, this is perhaps a bit of a self-explanatory question in many ways, but I would like to still bring it up here. Um, why is it that plant medicine and mycelial teachers have been blocked for so long when they are so effective and so powerful in treating something like depression? Because they were so effective and so powerful at treating things such as depression, alcoholism, and so much more at a time when pharmaceutical companies were coming online and recognizing the profit to be made within pharmaceuticals. That's my personal opinion and opinion of many, but still an opinion. Um, but uh, that's that's what comes up for me with that question. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I would also imagine because they are natural things, they can't be patented and the pharmaceutical industry wouldn't be able to profit from them. That is correct. And that's, you know, so when we look at it on, um, you know, and on a level like that, that's, I believe, exactly, you know, why they were blocked. And then also we can take it a bit, a bit further and when the powers that be, so to speak, whoever that might be, recognized that these substances were teaching people or allowing people to step into their own power and to ultimately really think for themselves and to recognize that some of the systems put in place maybe um, were a bit outdated and, and could be updated, um, I don't feel like some of the powers that be really were appreciating that impact of these substances as well. So that may have played an, a, a part as to why they were withheld from us for so long as well. Mm, absolutely. You know, yeah. there's this, there's the, you know, they tend to lead to, um, you know, an awakening, if you will, an, an expansion, um, a, um, a growth beyond what, what some people even recognize may happen prior to diving into this work and myself included, I had no idea, um, I had no idea the mind opening that I was going to experience on this path. I began this path because I was in a space where I was in a lot of um, dis-ease and that dis-ease was then trickling onto my children and I was creating trauma for them and, and I needed a way to, to be a better mom ultimately. Right. Um, so I just, I just wanted to be a better mom. I just wanted to, to be happy. I just, wanted to want to wake up in the morning. Right. Um, I was, I had no idea the, the world that was opening up to me. And, um, and I, and that happens for a lot of people along the way. Mm, beautiful. And yeah, absolutely. Anything that connects us to source, anything that connects to our, to our inner power, essence and truth will be a threat to certain people who hold quite a few strings on our planet at the moment anyway. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. I agree with you, you know, and there are some organizations, you know, that right now serve as, as a, a middleman, if you will, between us and source and 
once people realize that there is a direct connection, you know, it changes the establishment a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's a myriad of people who are not going to like that at all. <laughs> but um, apart from that, I mean, could you please share a little bit more about the, the experiences that you have indeed had in terms of waking up to your power and, and how that's serving you now also with your clients and the work that you do? Yeah. As far as experiences, are you referring to experiences that I've had specifically with power plants and with psychedelics? Yes. Yes, please. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I began my work with um, what is called Yahe, and that's Colombian ayahuasca um, down in Colombia in 2016. And this was um, my first retreat. It was a 10-day retreat. We also utilized um, Wachuma, which is a mescaline base cactus, some very masculine energy, very heart opening. Um, this retreat for me was a, this worked for me or it was my last hope, quite honestly. And I can remember being on the airplane on my way home, wondering if it worked or not, <laughs> right? Mm. Thinking my husband is not going to be happy if we made this investment and this didn't work. And um, when I went down there, I was full of rage. Honestly, I didn't, I had a lot of energy pent up in my in my heart chakra and my solar plexus and my throat. And the only way I knew to get that energy out was through rage. And um, when I came home from that retreat, that rage, um, along with the depression I was feeling, was just gone. Um, I believe a lot of ancestral and generational and, and past life work was done. Um, and I didn't need to be completely aware of what was being done, but it was being done. And, and I was a completely different person um, I was, I was more in line with myself is a better way to say that when I came home. Um, and I knew at that point that my, my work with psychedelics was not done. Um, I was, I was already at that point, a transformational nutrition coach and in the coaching realm. And I knew that this was going to be a part of what I offered to my clients to help support them in um, creating new, you know, habits, patterns, and rituals in their life, you know. And so I did another retreat in, um, excuse me, my first retreat was in April of 2017. My second retreat was in Peru of 2018, working um, for 14 days with um, ayahuasca on a solo level. And on that retreat is where I was shown that um, the planet, there's a lot of humans hurting right now on this planet and psilocybin is a beautiful tool that's that many don't have access to and um, yet it's a tool that works right and so i was shown um, really my path with psilocybin and how i would eventually support people with that and so that point i had only really used psilocybin on a recreational level and so i, I um, came home and that's where my my spiritual relationship, I'll say, began with psilocybin, and I began working on a personal level with psilocybin to be to to build that relationship um, and that connection prior to diving into sharing it with other people. And to be fair, in 2018, most people weren't ready to hear the message. Um, I I worked with psilocybin through 2019. Um, I was back in Colombia in 2020 for another Yahe um, peyote and Wachuma retreat. And then last year in 2021 was um, 
you know, that <laughs> the last few years have been a shift for us all, but I knew, I knew what I was stepping into in 2021. I actually was down and did three different Yahi retreats in Colombia. Um, and that's really where I was um, shown and guided into the path that I launched for my clients in the fall of last year, openly and publicly of, you know, really holding space for individuals who would like to uh, experience microdosing on, you know, with a guided, on a guided path and with a guided protocol, utilizing, you know, body tracking and chakra mapping. And I do hold space for people who would like to utilize mini dose sessions to just kind of open the mind and then macro sessions to dive a bit deeper. And I mean, it's been extremely empowering for my clients because these substances, like I said, they support us in creating new habits, patterns, and rituals. So it makes it easier if somebody is choosing to um, say, say drink less, it's easier for them to support themselves in that choice when you're utilizing something like microdosing, because it is opening up parts of the brain um, that we, we normally don't have access to, so to speak. And it makes it a bit easier for us to make choices rather than following these patterns that we've had for maybe decades, right? You know, that we, those things that we just subconsciously do because that's what we've always done. So utilizing psychedelics, it, it's like, you know, if you have a ski slope and, and, and your daily habits, patterns, and rituals are a path and, and somebody continuously does the same things every day, they're packing down that snow. And as it continues to snow, it makes it very difficult to like weave off from that path. And that's the same thing with the, with our daily habits and patterns and rituals. But what psychedelics can do is they come in and they can put a fresh blanket of snow on that path, which then makes it a little bit easier to say, what path would I like to take? Not, not, you know, what path have I, have I ingrained in my body and in my system over the course of you know, you know, a few decades or however long, right? But what path would I like to take now? How would I like to move forward now? Hmm. That's beautiful. And I love the idea of microdosing as, as this gentle way of supporting us to branch out onto these new paths and find find new ways of being and, and behaving and walking our paths essentially. That's beautiful. And microdosing has been such a gift to my clients. Some of the the impact that they've reported is just so um, it's it's really humbling and, and an honor to to really witness you know mothers who are now truly enjoying the time that they're spending with their children. You know they're present in that moment, enjoying that time. I have clients who um, the intention was something completely different, but she went in there and, and she quit drinking. Mm. I have other clients who were suffering from migraines who um, reported fewer and less intense migraines. So people are finding just, you know, relief that changes their life. And it's, it's it is a beautiful, uh, microdosing is a beautiful um, access point to these tools for sure. Hmm. Sounds sounds absolutely amazing. Um, if our listeners wanted to to learn more about the work that you do, how how would they find you, Miranda? Sure, I have a free group on Facebook called Self Love, Self Care, and Psychedelics. I also have a website 
that I do my best to keep up on, but it's <laughs> not my main thing, right? Um, but my website is theemergingsoul.com. That will get them to a link to schedule a free exploration call if they're interested in, you know, looking into psychedelic support and wondering if it's something that may be right for them. Mm, wonderful. And before we wrap up here, Miranda, is, is there anything else that's really arising for you in this moment uh, that you'd still like to share with, with the listeners? I just would like to invite anybody who may be sitting in dis-ease to recognize that things can get better and not to give up. There is a plethora of different modalities out there to support us in virtually anything that we are holding if we're open-minded and and move forward from a place of self-love rather than a place of of self-hate. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that and all of the the wisdom that uh, has come through during this interview. And I really, really hope that a lot of our listeners will become curious about this path and reach out to you for more information and, and support as well on their personal journeys. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's focus our intention and our awareness on this powerful and inspiring energy that's been activated. And imagine sending this to everybody and everything on our planet to remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thanks so much for listening.